We're excited about being in the house of the Lord this morning, and um, we're excited about what the Lord's going to do today. We have some guests with us today. We're excited, obviously, about them, and uh, it man, it's a good day. How many's been enjoying the weather? I mean, we ought to give the Lord some thanks for the weather, amen? If we want to give the Lord thanks for something, it might as well be this. Amen. If you've had a bad day with this weather, there's not much that can fix it. There's not much that can fix it. And, um, and so we've, we're thankful. We're very, very thankful. And, um, and God's, God's been doing great things um, around the church. Now, let me just say something to you real fast before I get going. I, I want to make, um, make you aware that I'm aware, that we're all aware, that there is a fatigue um, that's, that's kind of settling in. And what I mean by that is I know very well that, and I'm speaking, I know, to a quarter of our church right now, but I want to speak to, our, to our, this, this core, um, that there's a lot happening. There's, there's Wednesday nights, there's Thursday night CR, which God is blessing in a mighty, mighty way, but there's work that goes into that, we know. There's also many times there's a small group or something that takes place on Friday and then we also have Sunday and some are in small groups on Sunday afternoon and it feels like there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot. And then we have Tuesday open house prayer. Let me just make a statement to you right now because I want to relieve you of any pressure you might feel. If at any point you need to step out and take a day, you have the right to get that day. If you're serving in some area and you say, you know what, I want to be there so very badly and serve in this area tonight, but I need to do this. I want to tell you right now, there's people who are waiting, who aren't doing a lot, that are just desiring that somebody says, call me up. I'm ready to go. Am I right? Tell the... No one wants to say I'm that person. But... There are those that say, I've not been doing as much as I want to do or need to do, but I want to step in and substitute for you tonight. And the other thing I want to tell you, and don't take this the wrong way, if you cannot make it on Tuesday night for open house prayer, the joys of open house prayer are the house is open and you can come pray. But if you cannot make it to open house prayer, I'm not banking on that being the only time that you pray. Is that okay? There's, it's good for us to gather together. It's good for us to pray together. There's something about when we're all here. I'm usually here that first hour or so. My father comes in that, that second hour or so, and we make sure it's open and closed. And so I'm hearing more and more that that second part is where it really, really gets good. But there's also something about that first part where we get to enjoy it. But I want to tell you, if you cannot make it, no one's taking role. No one's saying, well, I didn't see Nelson here tonight. I can't believe Nelson didn't show up. No one's saying that. And I say that just because he's here, and I feel like I can still take Nelson if he gets mad at me. So, um, so I want you to know that, that while you're serving, do not find yourself weary. Is that all right? But I will tell you this. If you serve and you allow the Lord to move in your life and you serve prayerfully and you serve wisely, I do believe that the Lord will give you a rest that, super pass, or that, 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 that passes all other rest. Let me just say it that way. Um, I, I believe that with all my heart. If you're there with me, just say amen. Amen. I'm thankful for it, and we appreciate all you've done, all you're doing, and God is doing great things. There was a, a miracle that took place this week. I won't tell it all right now, but the Lord uh, moved on somebody, and the Lord has blessed in a marvelous way. And so let me just say that miracles are happening, things are happening and prayers are being answered. Amen? 
Amen. I'm going to jump into this because I've already taken five minutes and um, we're going to go quickly. But we're in the second part of our of our Faith Under Fire series. And last week um, was the beginning of that. I apologize. The slides uh, weren't here for uh, for him last week. But um, I, I, I'm excited about what the Lord's um, doing in every area of our church, our kids right now, our youth, and all the above. We had a great youth service on Wednesday night. If you weren't here, you missed an incredible time. Our youth handled it from top to bottom. We had a brand new person on the computer in the back running the slides, and, uh, and it's just been great. It's been awesome. Amen. And I don't have this scripture on there, and forgive me, but here's the good news. You should have your Bible. Genesis 39 and 6 through 12. Genesis 39, 6 through 12. I did put all the scriptures on slides. I just realized I did not put that one on a slide. But Genesis 39, 6 through 12, and, and we're going to read that. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for all you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for this great day that we have. I believe that there are going to be many things take place today, Lord, that we will reflect on. We'll know that you did a work. You changed lives. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Joseph was well-built and handsome. It's nothing like a good old scripture for you right there. I wonder what the Lord inspired to be written about me. Paul was portly and mildly talented. (laughs) Just kidding about that. Sorry, Mom. My mom is very upset right now. (laughs) <laughs> Well-built and handsome, and Potiphar's wife soon noticed him. She asked him to make, for lack of better words, here's what the scripture says, make love to her. But he refused and said, my master isn't worried about anything in his house because he has placed me in charge of everything he owns. No one in my master's house is more important than I am. The only thing he hasn't given me is you, and that's because you are his wife. I won't sin against God by doing such a terrible thing as this. She kept begging Joseph day after day, but he refused to do what she wanted or even to go near to her. One day, Joseph went to Potiphar's house to do his work, and none of his other servants were there. Potiphar's wife grabbed hold of his coat and said, make love to me. Joseph ran out to the house, leaving her hanging on to his coat. Let me tell you, the only mistake Joseph made that day, no one else was there and he went to the house. That's the best way to stop whatever could possibly happen. No one else is there but Potiphar's wife's there. Nothing that you have in that house is more important than what you have in your relationship with God. There's a better time later, but now we have the story where this happens. He goes to the house, he's there, and the Bible gives us the understanding that he um, had to flee from her. Let me just tell you right now, that, that just to begin this lesson off, that Christians must live pure lives. We must live pure lives. We've got to live pure lives. First Timothy 2 and 8 says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And so there's benefits that you and I can find from living a pure life. Life, living a life that is one that abstains from things, that is one that pulls back from certain things. Salvation is one thing you and I can have when we live a life that's pure. Matthew 5 and 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I want to see God, but who's going to see God? The pure at heart. 
The pure at heart is going to see the Lord. And so we find beyond salvation we can have confidence. You can have confidence in him. Let me just tell you right now, when my, when, when, when my young people are doing any kind of program at school, just the other day, Indy was Michael Jordan at school for a program. And he went up, and he, I was blown away, by the way. He memorized his whole little report, memorized the points, the rebounds, the passes, the all-stars, all the stuff. He walked up there and just memorized it. And I told him before he went to school, I said, listen, I'll be there, but I want you to hear me right now. You need to walk up there with confidence because when you walk up with confidence, you don't have the pressures of everybody else. You walk up not with an arrogance but with a confidence. Many times we, we don't want to be confident because we feel like it's arrogant. No, 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 no. Don't get that mixed up because if you feel that way, then you're going to find yourself walking below what your potential is. But I want to walk in confidence. I know what I have. I know I've worked hard. I know who I am. And when you live a pure life, you walk up and you say, you know what? They don't, have, they don't look at me and see the impurities. They don't look at me and see these things. No one knows something on me that I'm worried they're going to tell. I get to walk into any place and any time in confidence, knowing that the Lord is working in me and through me. Amen. There's something about having confidence in the Lord. And then beyond that, and what we all should have, what we all need to have, what we must, must possess, is that we can have, by living a pure life and, 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 and desiring to live that life, anointing in our lives. We ought to... We ought to we ought to be people that when we walk in, whatever we're walking in, the people can tell there's an anointing sitting upon them. And Hebrews 1 and 9 says that you love what is right and hate what is wrong. And that kind of something that speaks to the time that we're living in right now. Our world has now twisted that to now to love what is wrong and hate what is right. And we've got to be careful of that. But therefore, God, your God, has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than anyone else. I want the anointing, but I can't have it without living a pure life. Amen. The struggles are that the world tempts us constantly to have an impure mind, to have impure thoughts anywhere you go. I mean, you, you might be going to the store to buy some new tennis shoes, and you've got to walk by certain stores that... The secrets are out, and you got to be careful. And for the most part, we're all adults here, but you got to be careful. That's why I've, I've probably told this before, but when we used to walk through the outdoor mall in Rogers, there's an outdoor um, um, mall where you, you, we would walk on this side, and we'd walk past certain stores, and here's the thing. I didn't want my three and four and five and six-year and seven-year and eight-year, let me just keep on going, 22-year, 38-year, 49-year-old, there's no reason why I should be looking over at that store. Let me just say, that's not, that's not, there's no, let me just t- say again to anybody that feels the need to look over, there's no reason why I should look at that store. And if I, if I happen to notice it, I look over and I would tell my boys, hey, there's a bear. And they would say, dad, where? And I was like, right over there, right over there. And we'd hurry. We'd run past every other store and we'd look over there and I'd say, oh my, you missed it again. You missed it again. You missed that bear. Oh, my goodness, there's a bear over there, and there's something that can kill you over here, so keep your eyes on the bear over there. But the, the reality is, is whether you're getting online, you get, you know, take a moment to go and, and post what you had for lunch on Facebook, because um, so, we all really care about that, whatever it is, you, you're always tempted. There's always the chance to peddle something to you and say, 
hey, here it is, here it is, and pull you in. And, and, and the reality is, is God forbid you ever accidentally click on something. God forbid you do that because in modern days, now, now there were studies that I looked up, and there's some even in this lesson, but this is, the studies are, are a little bit aged, but there's studies that, that don't really come into um, account for what we're living now because they were talking about you know, television from 94 to 2003, how um, 65% growth in sexual content as far as references through modern TV. You have something that is, that is happening right now, but beyond that, we also now have, since a lot of these studies were done, you have the, the dumping um, loads of media uh, from, from Instagram, TikTok, uh, all the social avenues, and these now come not with human supervision, but they come with algorithms. And so not only are we hit, getting hit with impure thoughts for things we would maybe control because many back in the day, you would have to go to those things to get impure thoughts. Go to those things to have impure temptations. Now, you don't have to go knocking on that door. Those things come knocking at your door. There's a difference today. There's a difference in what we're living right now and what we're living today. And the moment you ever open that door, that one person calls all their aunts, uncles, and cousins and says, hey, guys, come over here. It's like one ant finding a cracker on your floor. And the next morning you wake up and you've been overtaken by them all. That's what the algorithm does. It says there's stuff open over here and you can run this way. And so it's been, it's been rough even recently for Meta. I looked up one thing, Meta, which is Facebook. It's the umbrella of the Facebook company now. First, the tech giant was accused of deliberately targeting children under 13 to use its platforms. They've been catering to children. Then it seemed to be rejecting ads for period care products on the basis that were adult and political. I say this because it's important. For, I want you to get this for a moment. They were saying that we don't target, but yet they were targeting. But yet, however, they were taking out certain things that were not good. Why? Because men want to think they can menstruate today. And Is this okay to talk about in church? You're talking about it on the radio and on your TV. I can talk about it at church, all right? So, so this is the best place to talk about it, to be honest with you, because they're, at Stanford, they were putting these products in the men's restroom. In schools in Minnesota, they were putting these products in the men's restroom. And Facebook was saying, well, these are not gender-based uh, uh, products. So they were, they, what, the, what they proved with this meeting and this hearing is, if you can control these products by, by who's online, then you should be able to control what other things are being peddled to our 13-year-old kids. The reason why I say this is because they are sexualizing our kids. Every day, more and more and more and more, trying to bring in the, and infiltrate the minds and the hearts of our kids to desensitize them from things that would be an alert. And let me tell you right now, we are giving our 12 and 13-year-old kids phones and saying, good luck. And then when they're 18, we're praying and saying, God, I wish you'd save my kids. And he's saying, I wish you would have built a better fortress around your kids. You understand what I'm saying right now? 
I'm telling you, it's a, it's a, you, we are not living in Mayberry any longer. We're no longer there, so it's time to wake up and realize that this is not a device that is just a phone anymore. If your child needs a phone, then get them a phone. They still have them. They are at Walmart, and they usually are Go or something like that, and guess what? They fold open. And your kids will say, that's not cool. You know what? I know it's not cool. I'm not in the market to make you cool. I'm not in the business of trying to make you hip. I'm in the business of trying to get you on the boat because the flood is coming again. But this time, it's a spiritual flood. Oh, now you tell them I said it too. When you go home and tell them, you tell them I said it because they some of them still think I'm kind of cool. But it'd be healthy to start seeing some flip phones show back up. I'm feeling, a little, I'm feeling a little convicted right now myself. In a new report from Wall Street Journal, the, publican, I'm sorry, the publication tested Instagram's algorithm by creating accounts which only followed young gymnasts, cheerleaders, and other teen and preteen influencers. Content involving children and in which was devoid of sexual connotation. Even so, the journal's experiment found that made us talk, uh, TikTok competitors subsequently recommended sexual content to its test accounts, including both provocative adult videos and risque footage of children. Here's what's, here's what the, here's what's going on with the algorithm. Hey, what do they want? What do they want? Oh, they like that? They like woodworking? Okay, we're going to give them some woodworking, and then we're going to try to just see if they like something else. Okay, they like that? All right, here it is. We're going to give them that, that, that. And that's why you got to be careful. When you, if, whether you believe certain things or not, when you start clicking on things you believe, they're going to give you everything else to make you believe what you believe is right. They're going to try to hit you with everything they can, and then it's just going to ground you more and more in your belief system, your world. And so that's why I've got to be careful. Whatever my belief system is and whatever belief system I'm being peddled, I have got to weigh it by the Word of God. Because Maida doesn't give me the understanding of what truth is. Some article about some, that some guy has written doesn't give me truth or some lady's written. No, what gives me the truth and what balances the word of the Lord or balances things in my life is the word of God. Just give me, I'm trying my best to hurry here, but, but general observations from a study conducted in 2022 in reference to sexual references or content um, the first thing I want you to get is that increased availability and diversity of content. With the rise of streaming platforms and online media, there has been a, uh, uh, a proliferation of content. I had to make sure I said that word right. I had a moment there. Of content across various uh, genres, including those with sexual themes. These platforms often have fewer content restrictions. Netflix, Roku. These things you pay a service to have, you can get an access to those to certain things that you could not get back in the day. And, and, and so they're there right in front of you with the remote in your hand on a lowly, tired day when you're mad, you're hungry, you're fearful. Those are those right there. And so these platforms are often, they have fewer content restrictions compared to traditional TV networks, allowing for more explicit or boundary-pushing content. There's also the push to change, and everybody hear this, change cultural norms. 
Over time, cultural attitudes towards sexuality and sexual content have evolved, leading to the increased acceptance and normalization of such content and media. This shift is reflected in the types of stories told and portrayal of relationships and intimacy in TV, shows, movies, and other forms of media. What I'm trying to help you understand is they are peddling things to our children to try to say the world that used to be this world is no longer this world. But now there's a new world you're living in. And let me just pause and tell you real fast. Not long ago, someone came to me and said, you preached harshly against homosexuality. Well, let me tell you again today, I'm going to preach harshly against homosexuality. I'm going to tell you that again and again. And what I want you to get the reason why is because I want you to know that we live in a world that is not walking away from the word of God as far as I'm concerned. But you cannot gain anything from that relationship. It is not of God. And you can ask me all day where and how. And I can't believe you'd say that. No, the difference is, is I love everybody. I love people in same-sex marriages. I love people in not the church. For, so, for God so loved the world. Not the UPC. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish. So what I want you to get is if he loved them, I should love them. But that does not change that there should also be an understanding of the word of God. But if I give whatever I have to impure things, then my cultural norms will shift. Is that all right? I had to tell the person that said something to me, I'm not apologizing for that. I'm not, I'm not, we'll do that till the day I die. We're going to talk about it. We're going to hit it head on. We're, they'll come, stand at the door and beat on our, door, our, our doors and intimidate you for walking in here. And I won't stop that. Is that all right? We're going to keep on entrusting. Industry trends are another thing that's changed in market demand. Media producers and networks often respond to market trends and audience preferences. It's like someone asked the kids the other day, uh, we were talking about it last night, these new games, there's some new games and, 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 and they don't have them, there's no like, there's no role. You don't, back when I was growing up, you played Mario Kart, you won, you won the game or you played Mario, you won the game, you got through all the levels and you're like, hey, I beat it. It's cool. And you walked away from the game. Now there's no games and Garrett asked his cousin, he said, man, but what's the point? He said, there's no point. He said, well, what do you win? He said, you don't win anything because if you, if there's something, what was the line? You never quit a game that doesn't end. One of the heaviest statements I've ever heard in my life. You never quit a game that, that does you never quit a game that doesn't end. So you keep on playing, you keep on playing, you keep on playing, you keep feeding yourself. And let me tell you right now, we're talking about that today. This is what we're talking about today. But there is an end to these things. There is an end that I want you to get. It peddles the thought that there's no end. You believe in it. You, you, you buy it because there's no end. But there is an end to this, this uh, immorality that, that oftentimes is peddled as something that's a better way of life, a better, better way. It's not just, it's not just uh, movies. It's not just Netflix. It's not just... Uh, all these other things, it's, it's, it's all around us. Let me just, again, let me just pause for a second because I know I've got 
new ears, young ears, old ears. And if you're old, then don't, I didn't mean to say old, but you know, you know, you get the point, you're old. But we got all the ears. I'm in the middle right now, but I'm feeling older and older, so I'm right there behind you. I mean, I, 50 used to be really old to me. 50 starting to look young. I'm being for real, starting to be like, man, that's not so bad. I can do this. But um, it's getting serious, folks. But, but let me just tell you real fast. What you've walked into is a Bible-believing church. And I've been saying this, and I want to say it again and again. It's not healthy to take away from the Word of God, nor is it healthy to add to. to the, the Word of God stands on its own. And it's a Word that is for all. It's for us. And it, it, it is above time and culture. Is that all right? So I, I, I believe it. But here, the sad thing is, the church has not escaped all these things. And these are, there's a few old statistics here. These have, you could really um, probably add 20% to every one of these, these statements. But here we go. The distinction between the world and so-called Christianity is evaporate. 19% of Christians watch MTV this week. That's an old statement. No one really watches MTV anymore. Uh, 70% of Christians subscribe to cable television, and we, we, we have this infiltrating our homes nonstop. 76% of Christians watch PG-13 or R-rated movies. Let me just stop on, on this for just, just a moment, but if you saw some of the things that were going on during like the Super Bowl Sunday, it's become a big thing for Super Bowl churches to have Super Bowl Sunday. Now, let me tell you real fast. I'm all about, we're going we're gonna to attract generations. We're going to love people. We're going to do all these things. We probably won't ever have like a Jersey Sunday or anything like that. Um, I'll be honest with you, it's not really my thing. But there was one church that literally had someone hold the Bible as a football. Anybody see this? They held the Bible like a football and they set it down. And the pastor, before they started his message, he tried to kick a field goal with the Bible. Pastor in Cincinnati, Ohio, not one of our churches. Then they had a halftime show in the middle of his message. He was in the middle of the message. They had a, a buzzer, and the band came out, and they all had their jerseys and their, um, their referee things on, and then they had a wrecking ball hanging, and they had a halftime show, and then he came back out, and he preached some more. Just weird, weird stuff. Let me tell you right now that these ideologies are infiltrating the church, and I'm not, I'm not here for it. I, I, I'm not, it's not something we want to experience and have. So what, here's the thing I want to get, and I'm, I'm hurrying along, but if I'm going to have a pure mind, I need God's word. I've got to have God's word. Psalm 119.11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Romans 12.2, and this is the, the, the first part of that, but, and I'm reading the New Living Translation. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let them do it. Let the Lord do it. The Bible teaches there are a few major types of, of sexuality and, and, and immorality. And, and, and there's, there's obviously we talk about, you need to talk about it at home, by the way. There's fornication. There's adultery. There's, um, um, there's activity with someone outside of your wife, of, of the person you've committed to in your life. There's also the, uh, um, the personal, I'm, I'm being careful here just for anybody that might be offended by this, but truthfully, it's, it's, it's okay. But there's personal pleasure, things we bring into ourselves, whether it be the deeper side of that or the regular side of that. I, I got shared not long ago a video of a man who was tied up, and um, someone just shared kind of a study 
uh, that was, this man was tied up and he had a conversation. He had been found out. And he said, how did you get into the child side of these things? He said, well, it started just with regular stuff. And then I just wanted more. Ted Bundy, in his, in his uh, um, uh, response, in, in his uh, interview that he had years and years ago, he said, they said, how did you get to the, pl- the point where you were so deep into things? He says, it started with pornography. That's where it began. It started with that. And then the other, the other thing is lustful thoughts. So the Bible clearly talks about these things, Matthew 5, 28. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust in his eye has already committed adultery with her in his heart. It's very important that we figure these things out, we understand these things, but there's five, five ways to avoid sexual uh, uh, temptation, uh, sexual uh, temptation, and and I want to cover these quickly, and I've got 11 minutes. First thing I want you to get is realize that sexual sin hurts God. The sooner you realize that you're not just hurting yourself, but you're, 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 you're sinning against him. The prevailing attitude seems to be, I love to sin and God loves to forgive. He loves to forgive. But that attitude breaks the heart of God. Let me just tell you real fast. He does love to forgive. But I better be careful how I try to use and access that forgiveness. When lust takes control, at that moment, God becomes quite unreal to us. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, he, he, we begin to find that, that he's distant when lust all of a sudden settles in our minds. So we've got to realize, we've got to start with the basis that this hurts God. I am working against the Lord. Second thing is I've got to recognize the consequences of sexual sin. Proverbs 6.32 kind of gives us the understanding that you, just, you destroy your own soul. You're taken away of the, the soul that you are, the person you are, when you find yourself in, this, in, a, in an acts of adultery or acts of, 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 uh, that, are, that are not right. The third thing is accept responsibility for yourself. You and I must do that. And that's something that's almost getting harder and harder to find. Where someone can just say, you know what, yes, you're right. I was late. I did mess up. I did not complete it. I did not. There's always a reason. There's always something. But you, in your walk with God, you must learn to accept responsibility for yourself. The main reason people remain in sexual bondage is that they refuse to follow directions. They make the false assumption that we can never change our actions until we first experience a change of feeling. Change of feelings equals change of thinking and change of behavior. But the practical truth for someone in bondage is reverse of that. Reverse change behavior, change thinking, and then change your feelings. Does that make sense? If sitting down in the evening by yourself in a dark room with a remote in your hand creates a cycle that you constantly regret, then maybe you should change your behavior and go on a walk at, in the evening. And then you should wear yourself out so, so, you make yourself so tired that all you want to do is get that one last bowl of cereal in before you call it night. <laughs> Any cereal lovers in the house tonight? i tell you right, that bowl of cereal has built this thing. I'm telling you, that's where I come from. <laughs> Lord, take that away from me right now. Here's an autobiography in five short chapters. Here we go. Chapter one, I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I'm lost. I'm helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes forever to find a way out. Chapter two, I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. 
I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place. But it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. Chapter 3, I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it. Hmm. My eyes, I, 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 I still fall in. It's become a habit. My eyes are open. I know where I am. It's my fault. I get out immediately. Chapter 4, I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter 5, I just walk down another street. The end. I'm just walking down another street. I'm just calling a different person. I'm just inviting different people over. I'm just hanging out with different conversations. I'm just doing different things. I'm just changing what? My behavior. Changing my behavior. Behavior. Not my thinking, my behavior. You don't change your thinking and then get different behavior. You change your behavior oftentimes, and you realize, I didn't fall in that time. That's crazy. And then your thinking changes. Fourth thing I want you to do is remember the effect on your family. I'm not boasting in this. I'm not proud of this. A man that I grew up knowing, pastor in a church, um, he... he had it all, to be honest with you, of, of some people's standards and measurements. Started a church. He was quickly, for, for about six years, he was the fastest growing church in America. Um, over 10,000 people at one location, more in another location. Um, again, I, I knew this guy for a long period of time in my, in, in my younger years. He found himself, uh, he made a mistake, came forward. Now all of that's gone, but the worst thing about all of that, it's, I mean, he was at the seat at all the big conferences with all the big names, all the big people that are telling you how to live your life on Instagram and social media and all that stuff. He was there in the middle of it. He was the most liked, most lovable pastor in, in America to the mainstream churchgoers. He found himself in a, in a, in a sexual sin that was way before and he's, he's even said, this started way before he was found out. But now, he's lost the seat at the table. He's lost his church. But the worst thing about all that is he's got a couple of kids that do not have anything to do with him. Won't talk to him because of the mess it's created in their life. Not only did they, did he lose those things, they lost those things. Let me just tell you right now, it's important that you must remember the effect on your family. When I was traveling full-time, um, even just last time, I, I, let me just be honest with you, I've never struggled deeply with anything, but I also will tell you right now, and this is not something you'll hear many pastors say, I'm also a man. So i got to be smart about not going into Potiphar's house when Potiphar's gone. i got to be smart about it. Because I'm a, let me just be real with you, I'm going to talk in normal terms. I'm a dude. <laughs> is that all right to say it that, that way? i got to be careful. I've got to be aware, and so guess what I would do? I'd go, and, and I know some of you are going to judge me for this, but if I wanted to watch the news and find out how much everybody hated Trump and how much I hated everybody else, or they hated me, and tell, have the news tell me how bad the world is, or I want to find out if we're going to get snow or if the weatherman's lying again about this, I would sometimes go in, and I would set a 20-minute timer or a 30-minute timer or whatever, and if I was in a hotel room, set a 30-minute timer, and then I would take that remote, and I kid you not, there's broken remotes all over the world because of me. I'll take that remote and I'll toss it across the room. 
Because once I get in bed, man, I ain't getting back up. I'll be honest with you. Someone better pull a fire alarm two times for me to get back up. But I would take that and I'd throw that across the room. And then my phone always had my family on the wallpaper. I always kept my family there. Why would you do that? You're, but you're, a, you're preaching at a church. You're in the middle of a revival. Yeah, I'm a man preaching at a church in a hotel room by myself. And I'm not in the mood to get in a mess right now. I just don't want to do that. That sounds crazy. It sounds wild. But it's just the reality that I want to be careful. And so I've got, I had to remember also the effects of my family, Exodus 20, and I'm, I've got literally three minutes. I do not have unpunished, I, I do not leave unpunished the sins of those who hate me, but I punish the children for their sins of their parents to the third and the fourth generations. But I lavish my love on those who love me and obey my commands even for a thousand generations. There's, there's obviously translation that can be, be done on, on, that, um, on that text, but I find here that, that, that sin can flow through a generation. And so you must realize that there's, I've got I've to ask for help and ask for guidance. And, and the last thing I want you to get on this, so we've, we've looked at this, just to remember, realize that sexual sin hurts God, recognize the consequences of sexual sin, accept responsibility for yourself, remember the effect on your family, and the last one, here's the easiest way to get it. Run. Run. You might not have run in years, but you better run this time. The Bible has one word for sexual temptation, Run, 2 Timothy 2.22, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. 1 Corinthians 6.17, run away from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Joseph, here's, here's what I want you to do. Joseph was a coward. Let me, let me explain. He was a coward when it came to sexual temptation. He realized he was no match to it. So he just simply, he didn't try to show how strong he was. He didn't try to say, well, I can handle it. It's just one part of the movie. It's just one, it's just this. No, he said, no, I'm weak when it comes to that. I'm running the other way. He ran so much so that when she grabbed his coat, the prized possession he said, I ain't even going to go. I'm not going back for that. It's my favorite coat. It's the one that tells others who I am and Abe reminds me, but I'm not going back for that. He left that thing. He took that thing and she pulled and he got his arms out as fast as he could and he ran and he ran and he ran and he ran. And so what I want you to get is when you feel that feeling and you have that moment, you ought to get yourself together in that moment and run as fast as you can. But let me end with this. Let me end with this and I've got a few seconds left. If you've fallen in any of these areas, if you made mistakes in any of these areas, if you've said, you know what, that's me, and that hurt a little bit just now, let me tell you right now about the grace of God. The grace of God gives you unmerited favor. It gives you the ability to get back up again. It gives you the ability to say, that was me, but that's no longer me. That's who I was, but I'm not that anymore. It gives me the ability to say, you know what, I've got scars everywhere. I've tripped up. I've made mistakes. I looked at it. I thought it. I acted it. It made a mess of this and that, but thank God I'm here now. Look at me now. 
Look at how my life has changed. And now I've got a new start. If you fall next week, I'm going to tell you about the grace of God. You can get up again. Don't sit out of this church. Don't sit back and say, I'm not going. No, you get your family together. You get all the stuff you can together and you run from temptation and you run to the house of the Lord and you get yourself nestled on that pew and you listen to the word of God and you worship when the music begins and you pray and you trust and you know that you can do it again. There's something great when we talk about the grace of God that should awaken you and, and, and give you strength. And I've gone one minute over, and they know I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much a stickler on that time thing. So stand to your feet right now. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for what you're about to do. I pray let the Holy Ghost move in this place. I pray let, let liberty come in. I pray let chains be broken. Let lives be changed, God, and young people, and all of us, God, and each and every adult, even each and every young person, single person, young families. I pray that you move in a mighty way in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 We're going to have a 10-minute break, and we're going to let church just happen, and we're going to have a great day in Jesus' name.